Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And welcome once again to Questions About Heaven. We are in the Revelation edition, Revelation 19 to be exact. I want to thank you for joining me. My name is Brad Zockel, and I am the head of the Heaven Tour ministry. Located right here, I'm in the barn studio right now. One of the feral cats has come in and sat down. As a matter of fact, it's rolled up in a box here and fallen asleep, but we're very informal here. And I want to thank you for joining me. It's been wonderful being able to minister to you and really be encouraged by you. Thank you so much for your emails, your prayers, your encouragement, and yeah, your gifts as well. Some donors made it possible for me to be able to make a round trip out to California. Uh, The ticket's been purchased and I'll be heading on out March 1st, flying into San Jose to minister in Salinas on Saturday Uh, in in a Bible study over at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church on Saturday, and then on Sunday, moving over to Hollister, California, and that's going to be on March 3rd, morning and evening service. And that was because of people giving, very, very kindly giving and making it possible for me to travel by, uh, you know, found out the car can't make it out to California, and you've given. That is very, very kind. And if you are able to, I have another uh, long trip that needs to be made to head to Colorado. And that's going to be, oh, let me see. I think that's the last week of April. I'm going to be going out into Grand Junction, heading out. Miss Amy is arranging that. A youth group, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be with, as well as, uh, I think, two other Bible studies, including at a church on Heaven, the Heaven is Home Conference in Grand Junction, there on April 28th. And uh, we're needing to, uh, I need to be able to get a ticket, a round trip ticket out there on that time. And if you're able to help out, we are a 501c3 tax deductible, and you will receive a receipt on that. And also my great thanks as we're just a small ministry here, but I'm just so thankful as the Lord's opening up the door for us too. And as you know, this weekend, I'll be going to Maryland and Delaware speaking at Uh, Calvary Baptist Tabernacle in Salisbury, Maryland, uh, this uh, morning at 10.30 in the morning, then in the afternoon going over to the Sugar Shack Bakery for a community Bible study on heaven, and that's going to be at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and then the next week I'll be heading to Texas. I'll tell you more about that after I go through Slidell, Louisiana, and speak there. We'll talk some more about that. As we're here, I just want to remind you then that if you would like to receive uh, uh, just some of the writings that we have in the books that people have asked so many questions, I put it in book form. We have two books on Amazon. One is Heaven, The Adventure Begins, and the other one is What is Heaven All About? And they're available for you right now. You can order those, and I just really, really appreciate any support that you give Amazon. You can have them drop shipped to you. They're also available on Kindle. Now, we're in Revelation chapter 19. We've been walking through the very first part, and you say, listen, I thought that this was going to be about Armageddon and, and you know, terror and everything. Well, that's that's coming, but the big thing that we have right now is that there's celebration, and all the celebration is great. It's in anticipation of the victories that are being given, and we celebrate and we enjoy this. We take a look in the scriptures here, and we see some wonderful truths here 
of God's victory and all of the all of the attention goes to the Lord. Did you notice something? We don't see any mega churches here. We don't see Christian celebrities. We don't see anything along that line. We see Christ. We see the magnificence of God the Father. I'm going to start reading in verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters, the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia. There's that magnificent word again, meaning praise the Lord. Alleluia. For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true sayings of God. Now when we talked about this, we had talked about the, the wonderful praise here, the loud, very loud exciting praise that has come up before the throne. Did you notice every time we see the scripture, uh, we, we see John describing uh, heaven and there's the throne. Ezekiel chapter one describing heaven. There's the throne. Isaiah describing the magnificence of the holiness of the angels surrounding the throne. It is God that is the focal point. As Adrian Rogers said, if there is somebody that is listening uh, and, and thinks that heaven is going to be one just grand celestial vacation, he said, listen, you're not saved. And I thought about that and I said, I totally agree. During the course of these many years that I have had this ministry, uh, whether it was the last two and a half years on TikTok or the last year and a half on YouTube, or uh, we're into our, our year and a half here on the uh, podcasting, there are numerous times when people, when I will talk with them about the magnificence of God, will then stop and it's kind of like, well, wait a minute, where did that come from? And they really do believe that this is just one grand vacation and God is some celestial bellhop. It's, I don't think you understand what salvation is, let alone the truths of heaven. We see here a magnificent display of what heaven is really like here as we're seeing the judgments on earth, but the glory and the joy in heaven. What happens here? Well, the marriage of the Lamb has come. I think about this and I have to laugh because there's one thing I do. Now, I, I'm ordained. I've been ordained since 1982. And I'm going to say just off the top of my head, I think I've performed 30 marriages through the years. And I do enjoy the time of being able to be part of a memory of the grand union, as uh, the Lord talks about how wonderful it is, the marriage between a man and a woman. Blessed by God, Matthew chapter 19 talks about this. But I also go back to whenever I was in elementary school. And I had a number of cousins that were of getting into the, the marrying age. And we elementary kids loved it in our family, the Zonko kids. And I'll tell you why. We Well, the ceremony, that's one thing. That was okay. But the reception, boy, that was something else. And if you're from the Pittsburgh area and you are from uh, just the, the plain folks that we all are within the extended family here, my mom's side and uh, the, the Russian background, the Eastern European, uh, just the, the culture, the Ukrainian uh, background and all of them together. It's so sad to see the conflict right now because in my family, we have both the Russian and Ukrainian joining together in love and celebration and all oh, the food. Oh, we had such a wonderful time and just the memories of, of being with the cousins and running around and laughing and, and being with older ones. 
just a celebration. So whenever I see the marriage of the Lamb, I just rejoice because it brings such a good memory. When we see this, this is it. When we see Jesus saying, it is finished, we see it uh, over in uh, on the cross. In, in John chapter 19 through 21, uh, the, uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection, it's finished. The work has been done. Now with the closing of one door opens up another one. And it is now time, the opening up for the Lamb of God to be with his people. This is going to be so powerful. Then the description by the Lord himself is a saying, it's as beautiful and as powerful as a marriage. The Lamb himself, obviously, is Jesus. We see this many times when we talk about uh, the, the, the wonder of just this beauty of the union of the believer. And so many times on many of the comments in uh, my social media, you'll have people just talking about, I just want to see Jesus. Listen, the feasting, that's, that's wonderful. The landscape is, is just very exciting. But oh, to be with Jesus, this is the most exciting thing here. It is time when we see this. I'm going to be very careful. When I say the church, people think of a building. Let's say this. These are the believers of all the time eras, of all the nations. African Christians, Canadian Christians, French Christians, American Christians, uh, Brazilian Christians, all the nations. Uh, those from the first century, those from the 18th century, those from the BC area living in faith as we see, looking forward to the Messiah, as it says in Hebrews chapter 11. From all of those, they're all together. They have been, we have some that are in heaven, we have some that are coming up here in all of this, all being brought together no matter when, through the rapture or through a previous uh, leaving of this life in death, and all of those things through martyrdom or through sickness, through old age, all of them. Now they're here. Now they're here. And they're together with the Lord. This is all here. This is the church. And when we see this, we see from the promise of the Lord in Matthew 16, verse 18, of this, the church being grown on the solid rock of Jesus Christ himself. The marriage is about to happen. And with the anticipation of that great celebration, as we as kids loved when one of our cousins got married and we got invited over there to the fire halls and the reception areas and those uh, little meeting rooms where we all just had such a wonderful time of eating and celebrating and laughing and music, I think of it here. The bride's made herself ready. When we see this here, she's made herself ready and this literally means she's prepared herself. This is going to be in here. This preparation is talking about having this all by faith. By faith and by service. It's James right here, making yourself ready. What does James say? The book of James. If you're a Christian, show it. Let's see it. Now, works does not earn your faith, but works shows your faith. Just as the same thing. When I went through the vows to uh, be married to my wife, Jill, it wasn't I said those things and I went on my way and continued my single life, found another place. No, I showed my faithfulness. I showed that I lived my vows by my love for her, not just in just constantly telling her I love her, but showing that love, even in mundane things, taking out the trash when it's needed, uh, uh, getting the car fixed, uh, uh, paying the bills, 
things like that to show that there's stability in the household. And then also in the intimate things of just showing uh, flowers and uh, dinners and things like that, just to show our love. And this is the same way. The Christian shows this love for the Lord in service. He or she, these faithful Christians. And that's when the Lord says this, and Jesus says this in John chapter 10, that my sheep hear my voice. How do I know them? Because they follow me. Now they're following them, the, 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 the faithful ones, which you would call the universal believers of all times and all ages. They're following all the way down the aisle to the marriage, right? When we see this, this faith has been uh, shown in the life. And when we see this, this is so powerful that we see this description as it is, as it is uh, the, uh, the, the bride. We saw the other, the, the great description of the new Jerusalem as the bride. Remember that? Revelation 21 and verse 2. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Well, that, the unity of God's home uh, to him, identifying the Lord by this. No need of the sun or moon. It says in Revelation 21, 23 and through 25, no need of the temple. The celebration continues with everything, the whole earth, Habakkuk 2.14, will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Wonderful, wonderful when we see this in here too. Revelation 21, verse 9 starts off the passage. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me. I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. He carried me to the great and high mountain, showed the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Hebrews chapter 12 has already said that the new Jerusalem was in heaven, prepared by God. Now it's being brought down. I think of Matthew chapter 23, verse 34. Inherit this kingdom prepared for you since the foundation of the world. This is a wonderful, wonderful promise. And we're seeing this as we see the unity, the finally, the coming together of the Lord in all, all of these wonderful, grand, what would you say, reception uh, the, as we are together. The first recognized holiday in heaven is this holiday known as the marriage supper of the Lamb. What a wonderful thing here. When we see the judgments to come, we're being reminded of the anticipation of the wonderful things that are coming up here. Oh, and what are they? It's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb, the, uh, the, the joy, the victory, the promise. It's all here when we take a look at this. Isn't this wonderful when we see this too? And when we see all of the, everything is being brought to the festivities, especially of the first century, when the whole town was aware when a young couple was being married, and in the town square, uh, they, they might rent that out. And these marriages, uh, the, the marriage ceremony goes on for days and sometimes weeks in there. But we see this in looking at the bride. It was granted, or you can say it was given, that she was to be arrayed in fine linen. And in here, we see this whenever we take a look at the, the wedding feast, Matthew chapter 22. When you think about this, he says, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And when we see this, we remember the invitations there. It's a, it's a sad story of those who did not uh, want to come. But then you go into here and you remember this. Think of what was being worn when we're talking about fine linen. In that story in Matthew 22, there was a man 
who didn't have on the proper garment. And in those days, this was a, the, the proper way to be dressed. It was to show honor to those there. And it says, in one translation, it says he was speechless, but it really means he just didn't care to answer. Totally flippant. Well, what happened? He was dismissed. He did not come in. Well, think about this. When you look at the parable that's very clearly given when Jesus is talking, the Father, this is the, uh, God the Father, he's the king. Jesus is the son here when we see this. And this wedding feast that is said in Matthew chapter 22, this is the wedding feast that is being uh, talked about right here. The wedding feast of the Lamb. And when we see this is the invitation is out, what do we keep saying? Romans 10, 13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Answering the call, um, we see in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, I stand at the life's door and I knock. I'm waiting for the invitation to come in. All right, we keep seeing this. When we see this, this is also important that we see the fine linen, the righteousness of the saints. Having this wedding garment on, is how you respond to the invitation. And that is when we see it. That is how we're made presentable. We're made presentable by Christ. When he did this, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, God shows his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Then what happens? We are made clean through that as we go through the way. John 14, 6, Jesus, we are made clean through that. We find the righteousness. We don't have a righteousness of our own. But, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 3, 20, uh, uh, 6.23 tells us that too. When we see all of these promises here, we're seeing the beginning of the excitement. Just as we as kids, once we started seeing that the marriage was underway, we started seeing the enjoyment of what's going to come, the reception, the celebration, and all of those things. The initial part of the union together down the aisle at the front of the bride and the groom meant the fun is going to start. And I can't help but thinking that when I'm looking at Revelation chapter 19 here. When we go here, the marriage, it's ready, it's time. And when we see this, she's made herself ready. She is wearing the clean and bright. Uh, this, this is, uh, when we see this word for clean, we're talking about the, the holiness, the purity that the Christian can have. The uh, by your faithful service, you have been made clean by your belief, by your following the Lord. You are not only just acceptable, the word lampros is used in the Greek. You're bright, very clear. This is what is this fine linen that's put on there? It's the righteous acts of the saints. Okay, the Bible tells us that we are saved to serve, and in that. We are rewarded. We talk about this so many times. Matthew 10, 42, even giving a cup of cold water in the name of the Lord, you'll be rewarded. And Luke 14, in talking about serving those that are less fortunate, you may do it and they never recompense, never help you. Uh, they're not able to, but the Lord, the righteous judge in the resurrection of the righteous, you will be rewarded. We've talked many times about that. Well, this is also part of this too. You have shown your service to the Lord and your life of righteousness is reflected in this symbolic presentation, the righteous acts of the saints. Wonderful, wonderful. I'd like to say more. Run out of time once again. God bless you. I appreciate the, you just listening in and I hope that these things, 
Listen, are you showing the righteous acts as a believer? Would it be said that it's as if you were to be clothed with fine linen because of the wonderful, pure, honest work? Is your speech honoring to the Lord? Are your actions, is there anything questionable that would show an unfaithfulness? Just as the spouse would not want to be shown unfaithful, going anywhere where there's a question as to the faithfulness for the spouse, the other one. Is there anything you're doing that people would question your testimony? Oh, I hope not. I hope, Christian, that you're honoring the Lord in what you're doing, the righteous acts which can be interpreted as fine linen. Wonderful passage here. We'll talk some more. Thank you so much. This is Brad. Revelation chapter 19 we've been talking about. God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll talk soon. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax-deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end-of-year gift. You can send your gift to the Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina, 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.